Chapter 1 A merry little surge of electricity, piped by automatic alarm from the mood organ beside his bed, awakened Rick Deckard. Surprised? It always surprised him to find himself awake without prior notice. He rose from his bed, stood up in his multicoloured pyjamas and stretched. Now, in her bed, his wife, Iran, opened her grey, unmerry eyes, blinked, then groaned and shut her eyes again. You set your pen field too weak, he said to her. I'll reset it and you'll be awake and... Keep your hands off my settings, her voice held bitter sharpness. I don't want to be awake. He seated himself beside her, bent over her and explained softly. If you set the surge up high enough, you'll be glad you're awake. That's the whole point. At setting C, it overcomes the threshold barring consciousness, as it does for me. Friendlily, because he felt well disposed towards the world, his setting had been at D. He patted her bare, pale shoulder. Get your crude cop's hand away, Iran said. I'm not a cop, he felt irritable now, although he hadn't dialed for it. You're worse, his wife said, her eyes still shut. You're a murderer hired by the cops. I've never killed a human being in my life. His irritability had risen now, had become outright hostility. Iran said, just those poor Andes. I notice you've never had any hesitation as to spending the bounty money I bring home on whatever momentarily attracts your attention. He rose, strode to the console of his mood organ. Instead of saving, he said, so we could buy a real sheep to replace the fake electric one upstairs, a mere electric animal and me earning all that I've worked my way up to through the years. At his console, he hesitated between dialing for a thalmic suppressant, which would abolish his mood of rage, and a thal... Uh, I don't want to read any more of Blade Runner. It's not really why we're here, anyway. Anyway, that was chapter one. <coughs> Hi, it's me, Michael Legg. Welcome to Blogging for the Blind. Uh, thanks for listening to this. Thanks for downloading. Um, I just had Blade Runner in front of me. I thought I'd start reading it. I think it was a really good beginning and not at all confusing. So here's a blog that I wrote, but I wrote it ages ago. I wrote it on the 10th of December 2017 and it is called Spoilt Rotten. And here I am now reading it to you. Two phrases keep running through my mind. Have a treat, mate. And you're not allowed that. I've had a lot of thinking time lately due to having a bit of a dicky tummy. I do all my best thinking on the toilet and I've been thinking about those two sentences on and off for about a week. You're not allowed that is something I hear a lot. It's a reaction to being vegan. People tell me that something milky or lamby or murdery is delicious and then follow it up with... You're not allowed that, but it is nice. You're not allowed that. I don't want to be allowed that. I think it's weird that anyone is allowed that. That shouldn't be allowed. But it is allowed, and I don't want it. You're not allowed that just isn't the right phrase. It sounds like I've been banned rather than made a choice. It happens so often. 
My mum cooks the best Christmas turkey with penguin and seahorse stuffing. It's so delicious. Awkward look. But you're not allowed that. People who kill people probably act the same way in front of their non-murderer friends. Oh, I picked up some hitchhikers and attacked them with a hatchet. And now I keep them in six suitcases and a big yellow self-storage locker in crew. Awkward look. But you're not allowed that. The thing is, I am allowed that. I just have to be prepared to go to jail. Forever. Stomach killing people before cutting up their bodies. And then talking to the fucking gormless arseholes who work at big yellow self-storage and crew. Again, I have no interest in being allowed that. A stupid thought. And one I wouldn't have had if I didn't have this upset stomach that kept me on the toilet so much. But have a treat, mate. Is the one I've been thinking about most. Comedian Andrew Bird asked me how giving up booze was going. He saw me drinking an alcohol-free beer and his face fell sad. I told him that it really didn't taste that bad. I don't like lying to people, but I thought it was the right thing to do at that moment. Because it tastes disgusting, of course. It was so nice of the club to get an alcohol-free rider in for me and I was genuinely touched by the thought, but I can't kid myself. It tastes truly awful, like your favourite drink has committed suicide and you're drinking the tears of its grieving children. It's the taste of a lost generation. Andrew and I both agreed that booze was great, and that's when he asked, What do you have for a treat then? I was stumped. I don't think I have a treat anymore. What do you have when you come home after a gig now, he asked. I, I don't know. Nothing. I, I have nothing. I used to have a beer, maybe. That's gone. Sometimes a bottle of wine. I'd come home and cuddle jerk. I don't think I have a treat anymore. Andrew said goodbye and just as he walked out of the dressing room he said, Have a treat, mate. He was right. I should. I deserve a treat. But what have I got? As I took another swig of Carling Remembrance 0.0%, I realised, ugh, alcohol-free beer is my treat. This bottle of stale empty is all I have to look forward to. That is my treat. Something I hate. Something that tastes disgusting. Something that looks weird. Something that makes everyone question every single thing about me. That is my treat. Despite my gut still being a bit gymnastic, I decided to meet up with friends the other night for our annual Christmas drinks. I thought about what Andrew said. What do you have when you come home? Have a treat, mate. So I prepared for coming home by going to Sainsbury's and buying a four-pack of alcohol-free lager. That'll be nice when I get home. I mean, it won't be nice, but it'll be something. This isn't a sad or shameful thing. No, it's a treat. A lovely treat. I'm treating myself to some alcohol-free lager when I get home. I beeped the joyless bottles over the self-checkout till and the only voice that had said anything to me that day said, Approval needed. That's right. You need approval to buy alcohol-free beer. Honestly, how can anyone approve of you when you buy that? For one of the very few times in my life, I had to show ID. It's clear just by looking at me that I'm over 18. 
That sentence also works if you take out the number 18. I am very not under 18. But they didn't want to see my date of birth. They just wanted to know the name of the cunt whose only treat is coming home to an alcohol-free beer. Well, fuck you, Sainsbury's. I'm having a treat, mate. I'm allowed this. The bar we went to had two different alcohol-free beers. What a choice. All my friends had booze. It was delicious. But, awkward look, you're not allowed that. Like the beer had shouted, Oi, you're barred at me. I decided to not have booze. Booze didn't decide to not have me. Have a treat, mate. Have an alcohol-free beer. I had ten of them. That's more alcohol-free beer than anyone has ever drunk in one night. Why? I'll tell you why. Have a treat, mate. I had a treat. The only treat that I'm allowed. For the last few weeks, I've had about four alcohol-free beers a day. I don't care how disgusting they are. Four alcohol-free beers a day. And tonight, I'm going to break all records for drinking alcohol-free beer because they're a treat. They're a treat, mate. Have a treat, mate. This is your treat you're allowed, mate. Have a treat, mate. Good for you, mate. Well done, mate. Have a treat, mate. How is it, mate? Have a treat, mate. Is it nice, mate? Can I have a taste, mate? Fucking hell, mate. That is all I have. Being out with my friends and getting drunk was a beautiful dream I had in the past and the past is over and now all I have is alcohol-free beer. And they can't take that away from me despite Sainsbury's best efforts. And tonight, I'm going to break my own record by going all the way up to 11. Because when I get home, I'm going to have another alcohol-free beer. I'm having a treat, mate. My stomach was punchy the whole way back. And I just made it home in time to get to the toilet before all brown hell broke loose. It was wretched and traumatic, but still, this will all soon be over and I'll put the telly on, put my feet up and I'll have a treat, mate. My only treat. The only thing I've actually got left. It became clear that I'd be on the toilet for a bit longer than expected and I decided I'd had enough of my stomach and its constant problems. I decided to Google tummy troubles. I sat there on the loo and I Googled so much about diarrhoea. 20 minutes Googling information on diarrhoea. I now know so much about diarrhoea. I know too much about diarrhoea. Alcohol-free beer gives you diarrhoea. Have a treat, mate. I'm not allowed that. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, uh, feel free to tweet about this weird, tiny podcast. Also, I'm at the Soho Theatre for four nights this coming week, from the 18th of April to the 21st of April. I'm doing my one-hour stand-up comedy show, Jerk. It'd be great if you came along. You can get tickets at the Soho Theatre website. Uh, It'd be lovely if you came along. Please, uh, if you feel like it, spread the word about it. Because um, it's weird. It's sort of a big deal doing Soho Theatre. It's weird. I shouldn't really be doing it. They should. They. In fact, don't come. Don't come. You you won't like it. And, And don't tell anyone. Tell everyone. Thanks for listening, though. Love you. Bye.